Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technician. Today is December the 16th, 2014, and I'm glad you're joining me. We have another wonderful episode. And here with me is Dr. Kathy Gruber, who is a health and wellness expert. Um, she has authored multiple books with another on the way, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet, Body Mind Therapies for the Body Worker, Market My Practice, and Conquer Your Stress with Mind Body Techniques. So you know we are here to discuss about mindfulness, stress, and meditation. So we're here to talk about it all today. Please do call in at 347-426-3751, and the chat box will be opened up just for you. Dr. Groover, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. So how are you doing today? I'm great. We've got some uh, some sorely needed rain coming down here in California, so it's a nice kind of cloudy, rainy day, which we don't get very much, so I'm actually enjoying it. It feels kind of East Coasty to me, so I'm very happy. I know. Uh, right now we got a little sunshine out, but it's still pretty cool, but at nighttime it gets uh, cold, so I have to usually wrap up. It's not too cold, but uh, enough for me to want to wrap up so I don't have to catch pneumonia or the flu. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, Dr. Gruber, you know, this is a wonderful topic. I usually have a lot of guests on. We always talk about meditation and mindfulness, and I always think it's a great topic because we deal with so much in our life, and I think it's perfect for the holiday time. You know, parents are out there stressing to get their children plenty of presents, which I don't normally do. I give you three presents, and that's good enough because normally, one, you're going to tear it up, or two, you don't use it all. So <laughs> I don't do a lot of stress. But I think this is a great topic for parents, um, anyone who's stressed out on their job, which I would love to talk about um, incorporating mindfulness at work because that would be great. Mm -hmm. But uh, first and foremost, let's talk about how do you actually got started in doing this type of work yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I started out as a massage therapist, and that was that was a very accidental career for me. I actually, of all things, was an actor. I was a theater major in college. I moved across uh, across country from Pittsburgh to Hollywood to pursue that acting dream, uh, and it sort of always ran parallel with the healing thing. Even as young as five and six, I'd sit behind my dad on long car trips, and I'd rub his neck so he didn't get headaches. So I always had that inclination to put my hands on people, and I I also always had the inclination to explore alternative things, whether it was alternative methods of tying your shoes or alternative methods of of healing. It always fascinated me. Um, I lost my mom when I was 18 to cancer. She was sick for about nine years. And even as a kid, I remember thinking, well, you guys aren't giving her very many options. You know, they had chemo, radiation, surgery, of which she had a lot of those, and pain pills, and that, that was kind of it, you know, and I even remember suggesting, like, isn't there this thing called acupuncture, and, you know, all the doctors looking at me like I was nuts, because what does this, you know, 15-year-old know about anything, um, but in Pittsburgh in the 80s, there weren't a lot of choices for her, and I think that's one of the things that fueled my um, constant learning is, I want optimums not only for myself, but also for my clients and the people who listen to me speak and radio shows like this. And um, So after I, I started my massage practice, I'm here in Santa Barbara, California, I realized I wanted to study more. 
So I went and got my doctorate as a traditional naturopath, and that wasn't quite enough. So I got my master's and PhD, where I specifically focused on mind-body medicine. I had the huge privilege of studying with Herbert Benson at Harvard and his Institute of Mind-Body Medicine. And I just eat it up like crazy. I just finished my hypnotherapy certification. So it's a never-ending um, journey for me. And, and I want to take people on that journey and let them know, you know, they have options and they have choices. And uh, sometimes it might not seem like you have the best options, but you always have options. And we can make yeah, a different choice every day. I mean, we can make a different choice with every breath, you know. So that's just what I want to do. I, I write and, and do shows like this to inspire people to make a change. And I hope everybody take heed to that and make that change. You know, it's amazing that even as a child that you were attracted to these things. You know, at six or seven, I don't think I ever was thinking about massages or thinking about Western medicine, you know. But mm-hmm. I think it's a fast track. This is becoming a new trend now. Everybody is going to alternatives besides doing the Western medicine. Yeah, which is great. And it's so funny because everyone assumes certain things about me because I do natural health. They assume I'm very anti-Western medicine. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I am so glad we have the things we have. You know, I'm glad I was able to get my knee surgery and my toe surgery. I could have my thyroid out. And now I have hormones to take to supplement my thyroid since I don't have one. Um, You know, I'm happy we have these things. If you have a gunshot wound, please don't come to my office for a homeopathic. Please go to the doctor. You know, um, I wish it was used differently. I wish it was used a little more judiciously and more in concert with alternative therapies. And that's one of the things I really promote is I think we have to pull from the best of both worlds, you know, what the types of pe- people that that I do, you know, offer and also what Western medicine offers. I think we have to have a combination of those things and, and take the best and explore what's going to work and use them in concert. Exactly. Um, Dr. Groove, I guess, give us some tips because, you know, well, let's first and foremost, for the ones who may have forgotten what mindfulness is, let's talk about what mindfulness, mindfulness mm-hmm. is and maybe some techniques that we can actually use to incorporate into our life. Yeah, absolutely. Mindfulness is one of my new favorite things. I never really thought much about mindfulness, and I had the privilege of actually studying with Thich Nhat Hanh, who is, I think, the second most well-known monk next to the Dalai Lama, and he was an amazing man, and I got to hear a lecture of, of his and also several of his monks you know, the brothers and sisters were there, and they were talking about mindfulness, mindful eating and mindful thought and mindful activity. Mindfulness is really just going at an activity with focus and curiosity and being in that present moment. And I've heard so many people say, you know, I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time for this mindfulness stuff. Well, here's what's so great about this mindfulness stuff. You can use it with something you've got to do anyway. So you have to do the dishes, right, or else you're going to have a house that's a mess. So you can either just, you know, Tear through the dishes and do them mindlessly and daydream about other stuff and worry about your problems and, and project into the future and think about the past and dwell on things and make yourself upset. Or you can actually do the dishes mindfully, incorporating all of your senses with curiosity, you know, that childlike curiosity of really watching an ant or, you know, seeing what your dog is doing or looking at the clouds and seeing what they look like. You know, that's mindfulness. So when you're washing the dishes, Really feel what that hot water feels like on your hands. Is it is it soft? Is it rough? Can you feel that minerality? And then pour the soap in. What does that smell like? Can you smell the lemon coming off the soap? And then feel what the dishes feel like. And look at the little bubbles that's formed. And then there's always always that little rainbow in the bubbles, and then one floats away and pops, and there's that little spray of water. You know, suddenly you've had a mindfulness activity, and you have a kitchen full of clean dishes. And 
you know, you can do it with brushing your teeth, you can do it with shower, you can do it with making love with your partner, you can do that with anything you have to do. We can either do things mindlessly or mindfully, um, and it doesn't take any extra time. You know, maybe you have a mindful meal once a week where the first 15 minutes of the meal is eaten in silence, you really taste your food, you chew your food, you smell your food, you look at your food. Um, it's a fabulous activity. It's a great thing for kids because it sets up their future to be more aware and present in the moment, and they're going to have you know benefits that, that I don't have now as a 45-year-old because I didn't start when I was 10. You know, um, it's, it's great for kids on stuff like this. Oh, I bet. Now, just going to work. That's one of our most stressful places, dealing with the boss. You have to deal with customers or what, what not, corporate. So how do we take that and use some of them techniques for mindfulness at work? Yeah, absolutely. I speak to a lot of corporations. Um, I've got corporatestressprograms.com now, which I just launched because I had, I've been to so many companies, you know, everything from 911 dispatchers, and they have some stress, um, to adult protective <laughs> services. Workers, they've got stress too. You know, they're dealing with. You know, you just do not mess with old people. I'm sorry, children, animals, old people. Not necessarily in that order. Right. You don't mess with them. Um, so I, I felt so so privileged that I could go speak to these professionals that are helping protect our elderly population. You know, it was it was very me. And the same with 911 dispatchers. You know, without them, we're in big trouble. Um, so you know, there's certainly ways to incorporate that. And one of the things we really have to remember about stress is oftentimes we can't control the stress. We can't control that there's traffic. We can't control that we want to play baseball today and it's raining. We can't control that our flight is delayed again because something happened. You know, we can freak ourselves out about those things and we can get upset. But truthfully, we can't change the past. We can't control the future. We can't control those stresses. We can control our reaction to those stresses. And that's what's so great about the mindfulness and meditation and things like visualization affirmations um, because it changes us. You know, we only have so many choices if we're in a situation we don't like. We can either leave the situation. If it's a job, you can't necessarily do that. Um, You can either change the situation. You you can't go into your boss and say, I'm unhappy and just leave. I mean, good for you if you have the guts to do that in the financial backing to to protect you. Um, Oftentimes, we can't do that. Um, We can change the situation, which usually is out of our control, or we can change ourselves and our reaction to it. And I have so many clients who... You know, they come in my, I still have a massage and, and natural health practice here. And I have so many, so many clients that come into my office and they're, you know, constantly complaining about their job, constantly complaining about the coworker, constantly complaining about the boss, and they're just making themselves upset. They're not trying to do anything constructive to actually fix the problem. So I say, well, you know, you keep focusing on the negative stuff. You're already getting yourself annoyed and worked up before you even get to work. That's not doing you any good. It's not making you more productive. It's not making it a happy experience for you or, frankly, anyone around you. Why don't you change something? Focus on whatever positive is at your office. Even if it's like, I like the view from my cubicle, or um, my computer screen has a really nice screensaver on it, or I like my coworker, or I like my paycheck. You know, focusing on the positive stuff is going to make it more pleasant for you to be there, and the time's going to go quicker, and it's not going to be this torturous event for you. Um, and then staying in the present moment is another another great thing. Um, one of the things I learned from one of the sisters from Tikhnop Han was she was talking about suffering and about projecting into the future. You know, you get yourself so worked up 
because you know you have this meeting on Monday and it's only Friday. And you all weekend you dwell about what does the boss want and what if I do something wrong and what if I get fired and you ruin your weekend. And then you get to the meeting on Monday. You can't control what the boss is going to say anyway. So her point was, why suffer twice? You know, if he fires you, you can't control that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All you can do is deal with that and handle that situation on Monday when it occurs. So why did you just ruin three days of your life? You know, and I, right. I think about that often. I think about that often. And um, I just had a, an executive in one of the companies I do some work for admit that she was really nervous because she had to let one of her staff go. And she was so nervous. And right before the holidays, you know, that's the last thing you want to do is get laid off right before the holidays. She was She's a very given person. She's very sensitive. And she was so upset about having to let this guy go. And the next week when I saw her, I said, oh, you know, how'd it go with letting this guy go? And she goes, you know what? He was ecstatic because he had just accepted another job and was trying to figure out how to quit. It was perfect. It worked out fabulously. And she worked herself up and got so upset, not knowing what this guy's reaction was going to be. Why suffer twice? <laughs> you know, so that's one of the things I, I really stress to people. Stay in the present moment and really only control what you can, which is you, usually. Right. And, you know, speaking of focusing, because sometimes that's hard, especially when it comes to mindfulness. I find that can be quite a challenge, just sitting down, taking your time out, to let your mind just meditate and be quiet for a while just to get out of your skin, not yep. thinking about, oh, I need to work in the next hour. Because even on P90X, if anyone is familiar with that workout program, he says that let your mind be free. Don't worry about nothing else. Don't worry about what you got to do in the next hour. But it's so hard because I guess we're in this age of high-speed this and digitized that. It's even hard to slow down, to connect with ourselves and to just be. Yep. Yep, I completely agree with that. And that's, you know, I love the technology. I love that I can, Me you know, too. be checking email somewhere, and, oh, Facebook, yay, kitty, pictures, you know. Um, I love that. But the downside of that, and you're absolutely right, is we no longer need to be silent. We no longer need to be, you know, in our own skin and in our own space and have those moments of silence. So as we're before, if we were standing in line at the post office, waiting, which we always seem to have to wait, especially this time of year, and we can't control that, so let's just relax about it, um, we would talk to our neighbor, or we would think about things, or we would daydream, or now, you know, what happens? Everybody immediately pulls out their phone, and they're swiping through things, and they're probably not working. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really pressing that, oh, my God, i got to get this email out. It's, oh, what's happening on Facebook? Oh, look, Twitter. Oh, hey, i got to mention on something, something. You know, it's, it's a time filler, which I totally understand, because I do that as well, but where is the time for silence? Where do we get to go inside ourselves to see how we feel, what we're thinking right. about? You know, that's vastly important. And, you know, I think we have to remember to do that because if we don't, you know, when our health professionals say, how are you feeling today or what hurts or we don't know, we don't know the answer to that question. And no one can help us if we're not aware of our own selves enough that we can answer the question of how are you. Um, So I think going inside, even if it's spending five minutes a day, maybe in the shower, maybe lying in bed before you get up, I think it's vastly important that we, uh, you know, take the time to know ourselves. We have to. No one Mm -hmm. knows us better than we do. So we have to take that time. Just like if you're going to date somebody, you want to get to know them. You want to know them inside and out. You know, we need to do that with ourselves at the very least. Right. And I know you were mentioning earlier about the jobs and being stressed out. And I think I was like that one day, just stressed out, and I kind of went off on another edge, and it was with my 
with one of my superiors, um, and I felt really bad. You know, people was like, yeah, that's good. You finally came out your eggshell, and I'm like, no, that's not good, because I had talked about myself. I said, that's not me. That's not how I act. And first of all, I was thinking about my job, too. I was like, uh, I could have lost my job, because even even though she's not the uh, manager, she still can do her little bit to get me rolled up, rent up, and sure. And it could go from there. So I went back to her. I said, you know what, Azura? Because that's her name, Azura. I said, I apologize to you because that's not me. I didn't mean for that to happen, you know. And and uh-huh. she felt better that I apologized. I don't know if no one ever went back and apologized to her. But I had to because I said, that's not, that's not the real me. I was just stressed out a little, uh-huh. just a little upset. And, and I just had to go back. I did. Yep. And sometimes that... I think that's why sometimes I do need to practice mindfulness myself because it, it will probably help when you got when you get to a little edge point. I think even when you're in traffic, and God, that's the worst stress of all. You're in traffic, somebody jumps in front of you. You just want to be like, oh, why? Or, uh-huh. or as most of, or as I have seen, Kathy, um, um, flip the bird to you, and that's the worst. My baby's even <laughs> seen it when my husband was, <laughs> and it was so funny because my girls are nine, and they was like, Daddy. That lady tried to flip you a bird. <laughs> <laughs> this is why they have kids. <laughs> they know too why? much. They know was, too much. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, maybe this is a good time to practice mindfulness. I think if everybody mm-hmm. practices, we won't have as much road rage. But, you know, I guess that brings me I think this brings me to you. another question, too, I want to ask uh, for people yep. who have ADHD. Um, is mindfulness good if you have ADHD? Is is that a great thing to practice? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great thing for everybody to practice because it does slow you down. And, again, it brings you back to the present moment. And to speak what you were just talking about with the whole road rage thing, um, mm-hmm. you know, if we already start out our day so upset about things, we're at an eight, and someone cuts us off, we're going to be more tempted to scream and yell and flip in the bird and get to ten really fast. If we're in the present moment and we're relaxed with what we're doing. And let's say we start out on a two, the guy you know, cuts us off, flips us off. We're maybe at a five. It's not as big a deal. Um, this is why I, I really encourage people to try to stay in the present moment and to, you know, do things with purpose and intent. Uh, one of the affirmations, we can talk about affirmations in a sec. Um, I really like it. I have plenty of time. Um, it doesn't manufacture time. But what it does is it slows us down and brings us back into a relaxed place. My mother always used to say, more hurry, less speed. You know, it's when you're rushing, when you're frantic, that's when things go wrong. That's when you don't check your numbers and you make a mistake. That's when there's a typo. That's when you click send on the email, but you didn't actually finish writing it. That's when you spill your coffee on the cat and then there's a problem. You know, that rushing around, that frantic "Ah," feeling just causes problems. So going about your day with I have plenty of time actually slows us down, stops that stress response, and puts us in a better frame of mind so we can actually be more productive and get the things done we need to. So starting out your day with that is a huge benefit. Oh, wonderful. And, you know, I do have people I know of that have ADHD. Even my daughters were diagnosed to have that as well. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I brought up the question of mindfulness, like, how can practice and mindfulness change the way the ADHD brain works? Right. I think, I mean, from a, from a natural health perspective, I've met a lot of people who are diagnosed with ADD or ADHD. Some of that can be diet. 
Um, you know, we have all this stuff in our food. There are these excitotoxins, whether it's MSG or high fructose corn syrup or some of the artificial sweeteners. You know, so many people are sensitive to some of those components, and they're getting it so much in their food. So I always advise people to look at the diet um, to see if maybe that could be causing the problem. And also, we really okay. are so overstimulated. There was a comedian I heard, and he said, it's not the kids of ADD. They're just trying to keep up because everything's beeping and buzzing. And, you know, and right. it's kind of true. I mean, this is the, wor- the whole world is ADD right now. You know, um, but look at the diet. You know, anything you can do to slow them down and stimulate them. And, you know, I'm a big fan of TED Talks. Um, those are the little, like, you know, 10 to 15-minute informational talks. And I heard the most beautiful one this guy was a brilliant man. I, I wish I remembered his name. He was talking about ADD. And he said, you know, there was a story of this uh, young girl who was just a complete spaz in class. She didn't want to sit still and she was always moving around. And this was back in the 60s before they really had a diagnosis of ADD. Uh, but the mother was very concerned. So she took this girl to a psychiatrist thinking, you know, she's seriously got some problems. She can't sit still. And they all talked for a while. And the psychiatrist said to the mom, um, why don't we step out and talk about some things? We'll just leave your daughter here for a minute if that's okay. And the daughter said, okay. And she's sitting on her hands and she's trying to be all quiet. Um, and the psychiatrist and the mom leave the room. But as they do, the psychiatrist clicks the radio on. And then he takes the mom out. And he says, watch. And they start watching through the window. And this little girl gets up and she starts dancing around the office. She's just moving to the music. And the doctor turned to this woman and said, see, she's not sick. She's a dancer, and she went on to be a famous choreographer, famous dancer on Broadway because they took, pulled her out of normal school and put her into a performing arts academy where she could dance. And I even look at that in my own life. I've been dancing since I was five. I still dance to this day. I do hip-hop four days a week. So don't tell me to sit still. I'm like... terrible, terrible at it, terrible at it. Um, and luckily this, this doctor had the the observational skills and the and the the forethought to say, no, 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 she's not sick, she's a dancer. You know, so I think we have to play to our kids' strengths. And I think strapping them down in a chair with horrible lighting, the chairs are uncomfortable, right. they don't have recess to run around, we're giving them all the stimulating food and stimulating gadgets. My God, of course they're going to go crazy. <laughs> right, and I feel sorry for mine sometimes because they have so much work, they be bogged down. Uh, it's like, really, they're only eight years of age, and you expect them to know multiplication and division within a second? I mean, come on, you're yep. skipping. You're going to different subjects every week, and now now they're doing voting. Then you stop, and it's like, okay, now they're behind because then you want them. And and, and they have me tripping up on my words and, and my thoughts because I'm like, wow, you know, school wasn't like this. You're moving mm-hmm. so fast. And I, I do, and I'd be like, poor babies, like, Jesus, give them a break. Their mind can only go so fast. Now, I guess um, it's the process and practice of mindfulness training different for children and adolescents than it is for adults? No, not really. Um, okay. Because kids, tend, kids tend to be mindful anyway. I mean, they can get so lost in a toy or so lost in a game they're playing that you're calling their name and they don't even hear you. They are so in that present moment, (laughs) you know. Oh, yeah. Um, So, and one of the things I really like, and I'm not a big meditator. I'm not good at it. And I did actually did a radio show yesterday where the guy said, I just have one last question for you. Do you meditate? And I just started laughing. And I said, I do, but I don't do it the way you're thinking. I have a meditation pillow. I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting in the corner of my office covered in dust. Because I don't use it. It, it just becomes a, oh, you meditate. No, not really. Um, but I have the pillow. 
because I think it was a requirement right. when you're a massage therapist to have the meditation pillow. Um, I do what's called a mini meditation, and this is so okay. great for kids. It's concentrating on your breath, the rise and mm-hmm. fall of your chest, and on the inhale you think, I am, and on the exhale you think, at peace. Inhale, I am, exhale, at peace, and if other thoughts float through, which inevitably they do, just dismiss them without judgment. I'm thinking, okay, and move on to I am at peace. And what that does okay. is that brings you back to the present moment. And the reason I like that, as opposed to the sitting on the pillow trying to clear your mind thing, is I'm not real good at clearing my mind. So seated meditation to me became, oh, I got that to-do list, or oh, I forgot to call Joe back, or oh, man, I know what I was supposed to do, which is very productive. And I would find myself sitting for about three minutes and then jumping up to go do something. So it became a lovely to-do list generator for me, but it didn't calm my mind or my body. Um, inevitably, you know, something would cramp and something would itch, and, you know, it, would, it, it wasn't relaxing to me. <laughs> but the I, am at pe- the I am at peace, you can do that anywhere. You can do that while you're driving. Please don't close your eyes. That makes a whole another mess of, of trouble. Um, I do it before I get on the radio. I do it before I lecture, before I sit down to write. Uh, I do this with clients. I've taught this to probably millions of people, and it's great for kids because it's really good for test-taking. If we go into a test, or like a business meeting or sales meeting, that kind of thing, bring it back to the workspace too. Um, if we're stressed at all, we're going to have a stress response, that fight or flight response, that classic you know response we learn about in like seventh grade science. Um, it, it it interferes with our cognitive functioning because if we're stressed, we're probably running from a predator, or we're trying to catch a predator, or we're in pain, we're in labor. That's kind of really the reasons that animals have that fight-or-flight response. We're still an animal in that way. So when we have this fight-or-flight response, our body perceives that we're somehow in danger, even if it's a tax audit or traffic or whatever it is we're stressing about. Our cognitive function slows because we don't need to be doing complicated math or recalling details and information that we memorized during the stress response. So if we got ourselves really worked up about a test and we sit down to take it, our mind goes blank, right, because we're so stressed out. Our body perceives we're in danger. So if you sit down just for a minute before you take the test, I am at peace, I am at peace, slow yourself down, get back into a state of relaxation, you're going to perform better on the test. That is the most mm-hmm. exciting thing to me. Because there's kids, you know, freaking about that, SATs yeah. or, you know, writing your college essays. Taking a minute and being back in the present moment, calming yourself, is a huge benefit. And kids can do that so easily. I've taught that to teenagers. Um, I've taught that to younger kids. It really, really, they love it. They love it because no one knows you're doing it. That would be it. Quietly, yep, quietly at your desk and no one knows. That would be a great solution for mine because it's just so much. I wish I would have had these same tips when I was going to school. That would have been a lot of stress free. Yep. But nobody talked about meditation and yoga, okay. doing all this. But I, what I want everyone to do is stay tuned. We're going to be back with Dr. C. Groover talking about stress, to get rid of all that stress and handle yourself better. And we're going to also talk about her books as well. So stay tuned. Please do not touch that dial. We'll be right back after this commercial break. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. People are always talking about the stock market. 
always looking to invest in a good opportunity, something with the potential to grow. So what if you could invest in the future? The future of kids, like a stock. Not the kind of stock where you invest to make money, but a stock for a social change. A whole new kind of investment called Better Futures. When you invest, it helps students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for everybody. I could be the first college graduate in my family, the first district attorney from my neighborhood. And if I'm the first, then maybe there will be a second and a third. This can really be the start of something. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. All right, we're back with Dr. Kathy Groover, and we're talking about ways to relieve that stress off of you by participating in mindfulness. Um, so, Dr. Groover, which were some great tips. I love it. You know, I hope more people start practicing this. Um, now, I guess we can go back to talking about meditation. We hear people talk about meditation. What about people that can't meditate? What, what solutions would you have for them? And as well, I guess the next question, well, we'll get into the next question after this one, though. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was touching on because I'm so bad at meditation. And, you know, I'm very type A. I'm go, go, go. My mind moves fast. My body moves fast. I'm happiest when I'm dancing. I mean, really. Um, there's no reason you can't do a walking meditation. You know, uh, it's, again, being in that mindful space. Um, I do flying trapeze for fun uh, because it doesn't everybody, right? And when you're doing something like trapeze, you have to be in that present moment. You have to be listening for your calls. You have to know where you're putting your hands, your feet, or else you can get really injured, as I did once. Um, so doing an activity like that or playing tennis, you know, anything where you have to be present and focused basically acts as a meditation. And for anybody that does dance, you know, when they yell five, six, seven, eight, you got to start moving. And if you don't know what the next step is because you're daydreaming about how bad your day was, it can really be a mess. Um, so... I, I really feel like we have to customize things. And, you know, I've talked to so many people who do who do formal meditation who say, well, that mini meditation thing, that's not, that's not right. I'm like, well, it's not right as formal meditation, but it's right for me. And mm-hmm. um, since, I've been, since I've been doing that for so long, I actually am now better at sitting on the pillow and meditating. I don't do it very often, but when I do, I actually can better. It's you know, the mini meditation has kind of become my, my gateway drug of doing formal seated meditation. But you could do walking meditation. You can do it as a sports activity. Um, just a mindfulness practice like I talked about before with, you know, either doing the dishes or brushing your teeth. You know, that's basically a meditation. And I think we get so caught up in titles and structure and, well, this is the way to do it right. It's like, but, but what's right? You know, what's right is what works for you. And if you can't sit on the pillow right. for one reason or another, do what works for you. It's you know, there's no there's no meditation judge somewhere that is deeming you wrong if it's working for you, if it's getting the results it's supposed to, which is, you know, calming that stress response. Whatever does that for you. Maybe it's a hot bath. Maybe it's reading a novel. Maybe it's watching Modern Family. I don't know. Um, you know, or you have a good glass of wine. Uh, you know what? I have Modern Family and a glass of wine. That's fine too. Uh, yeah, I, my husband's in the wine industry, so yeah, I get a lot of good glasses of wine, uh, and that's very relaxing. Yeah, you know, 
you have to customize for what works for you, and, and it's the same way with right. with alternative medicine, with meditation, with all of those things. And, you know, that's where I wish Western medicine was a little bit different. I wish, wish it was more customized. I wish it was more... Um, patient-centered and not protocol-centered. And and I see it going that way a little bit, but it's got a long way to go. It does. And I talked about that with one of my guests about a month ago. It's going to take time for us to get on board. We're still behind, but hopefully we'll catch up sooner or later. Yep. Dr. Groover, there are, there are some differences between mindfulness and meditation, though, aren't there? Well, there. I mean, it depends on the definition you use. You know, again, mindfulness oh, is just going about any activity with focus and being in the present moment. Meditation, yeah. it really has become the, you know, the sit on the pillow and meditate thing. I kind of merge the two because I think they're so similar. I think they're somewhat interchangeable, at least in my mind. Um, I'm sure people who are, you know, um, very strict meditators would disagree with me, but there's there's crossover. You know, mindfulness is uh, meditation is being mindful. Mindfulness isn't necessarily meditation, but they're similar. <laughs> okay, I got you. Now, I guess when it comes when it comes to just really trying to get to that point in our life. What are some basic tips that you would give anyone on a normal basis who just who just really just starting out, Dr. Groover, the best known tips that you could possibly give them? I think I think I gotta go back to the customization on that and really making whatever choices is gonna work for you. Because you have to do that. You have to know you have other choices. And I've had you know, to take it to an extreme, I've lost clients to suicide. Um, and it makes me so sad that they got to a point in their life where they didn't feel like they had any other choices, where they didn't feel like there was going to be a next moment. And I just have to say, you know, I've not been on this planet a huge amount of time, but what I have seen is that only thing that's constant is change. Um, you could be having the worst day of your life and 10 minutes later be having something fabulous happen. And any time that I feel down, that I wake up in, the, in one of those funks, which we all do, we all have those ups and downs, I go out of my way to do something nice for someone, even if it's smiling at someone and saying good morning or I hope you have a great day or let me hold the door for you or, you know, doing something from that place of selflessness um, can oftentimes really boost our own mood and our feeling of of self-worth. So just knowing there's a different choice. You know, you might be in pain right now, but maybe you're not in pain tomorrow. There's always an option to make these these different choices and explore other options. other tools that can work for you, whether it's meditation, mindfulness, visualization, hypnotherapy, you know, there's an endless supply of things that you can do to further your own life and your own goals, and I just encourage people to explore those. Oh, I definitely do, as well as teachers out there. I think that would be a great practice to do in the classrooms, you know. It mm-hmm. can get stressful having so over 20 or 30 children in your class and Oh, you don't know which way to go. They're coming from different backgrounds. So yep. I think that would be awesome if they knew how to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, also, and there are, pro- there are well, I was going to say there are programs. When I studied when I studied at the Benson Henry Institute of Mind Body Medicine back at Harvard, there were a lot of people who were starting to incorporate children's programs into schools. Um, I spoke for a group called Assist Teens, which is through our Assistance League, and it was a, probably about fifteen or twenty. 
15 or 20 teens, and I taught them the mini meditation. And they were ecstatic because these kids, again, were heading off to do the SATs and college essays. And, you know, I think if it was, a, you know, a program that could be started in schools around the country, I mean, just a huge benefit that would have. We would see such an increase in health and productivity if mm-hmm. more people sat down and were able to do these kind of these kind of things. And they're so simple, you just have to know about them. Right. There is a Mind for Life project that's founded by um, J.G. Lorishate, if I said it correctly. It's a nonprofit that brings meditation, yoga, and the arts to about 3,000 students in six 3,000 students in six schools in the Bay Area, and he and they go around. They teach to been teaching for 20 years about how to wow. focus and teach the mindfulness to them, and the children seems to love it. They're navig- that's a way for them navigating their difficult experiences through understanding and having awareness of their emotions. So I think that's very awesome if programs like that start coming to other areas. Maybe yeah. like you said, we have a long, I- we have a long way to go. Yep. But it's becoming more, you know, it's becoming more mainstream. And 2014 was deemed the year of mindfulness. I don't know what we're going to deem 2015. I hope it's a good one. Um, But the fact that there is, you know, talk about that and that more doctors are saying, why don't you go do yoga? Why don't you decrease your stress response? And that's always been one of my frustrations. You know, I know when I I go to my primary care doctor once a year, I have my checkup, I have my blood work just because, you I do feel that's an important thing to, to keep track of. You know, and they give you this five-page form to fill out of, you know, does your uncle's brother's dog have these diseases? And you fill out this whole big form, and they ask if you're smoking <laughs> crack and does your husband beat you, but they never ask if Why? you're stressed. And, it, you know, it's like, okay, I, but I, don't you want to know what I'm stressed about if I am stressed? Because that contributes to so much of our illness. 60 to 80% of mm-hmm. our doctor's visits are from stress-related illness. That is the first question they should be asking. What's your stress level? What's causing your stress? That's the first thing I ask mm-hmm. when I do a health consultation. I want to know. You know. So I'm seeing us move in that direction, and I'm seeing more parents be aware of it. I have to say, I, you know, I answer a lot of queries for uh, magazine articles and radio shows, which I think how you and I connected through, like, radio guest list or something. Um, I have answered so many queries about stress, about mindfulness, and I've been interviewed for everything from sales magazines to car insurance magazines about road rage to digestion to, you know, I mean, it is such a huge topic right now, and I'm so glad that I can contribute, and there's so many people who know more than me who are helping to spread the word about the, the dangers of stress and how we can help stop that stress response. I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this movement towards more mindfulness. Oh, I know you are. I can hear the excitement right now <laughs> as you speak, you know. And like I said, this is a great opportunity that I'm having at this moment just to be here with you talking about mindfulness and stress in your programs. Now, teens, we know they're stressed out every day, Dr. Groover. Uh, what is actually stressing teens out today more than anything? Wow, you know, I have actually taught, I don't have kids, and I'm I'm actually kind of glad because I see what's happening societally. You know, one of the biggest stressors is not just bullying, because we've been putting up with bullying. I mean, I was bullied. You know, I was beat up after school. I was teased. I was daunted. Um, That's nothing new. But what seems to be really, really disturbing is all the stuff that's happening online. You know, it was hard enough when I was in, you know, ninth grade and you'd come into school on Monday and you'd hear people chattering about the fun party over the weekend that you realized you weren't invited to and you thought they were your friends. And, you know, it was hard enough to hear about it afterwards. 
But I can't imagine being online and sitting at home on a Friday night and looking and seeing all of who you thought were your friends together out at a party or with right. your boyfriend or, you know, it's got to be so hard. And I would, I almost think I wouldn't let my kids online. Um, it's so hurtful, you know, and it's in your face all the time. And, you know, we've heard so many stories about, oh, you know, this girl was bullied on Facebook and of all horrible things ended up killing herself or, or getting violent or you know, don't get online. You know, if you don't want to see what they're saying about you on Facebook, don't get on Facebook. Um, that that seems an easy solution to me, but, again, I'm not that age and I don't have kids. Maybe it's not easy what? to get off Facebook and not see what they're saying about you. But to me, it, it makes sense that if that's causing you a problem, get rid of it. You know, if you're being bullied in school, there's not much you can do. You still have to go to school. If you're being bullied online, get offline. You know, let people know, right. contact the parents, and then don't look at it. Um, I have actually stopped reading comment threads on articles that I've contributed to because people get so nasty, they get so personal, they get so stupid and just downright cruel about some comments that they leave. They get become personally attacking as opposed to constructively leaving a comment. And I don't even want to engage with those people. And we now have the ability to hide, you know, behind the, the hashtag name of, you know, John underscore 732 thinks you're an idiot. It's like, what? Um, these are things we would never say to someone in person, but yet we can say it online because it's anonymous. It really bugs me. So I think that's one of the biggest stressors. And like you brought up before, the amount of work, the amount of schoolwork and this pressure to perform, this pressure to get these tests right, this pressure to get into a good school, um, I see kids absolutely freaking out that they're about to graduate college and they don't know what they want to do with themselves. And because I dance so much, I'm around a lot of, you know, like 18 to 25-year-olds. That seems to be the the age range that I see myself surrounded by in those classes. And, and I've actually sat down with some of them and kind of counseled them, mentored them on, look, I've switched careers so many times. You know, just because you don't know what you want to do the day after you graduate college doesn't make you a failure. Stop putting pressure on yourself. It'll unfold the way it unfolds. Work hard and set goals, but don't yourself up over these. They don't matter. There is no permanent record, and I really wish I would have known that when I was in high school. I seriously thought this permanent record was going to follow me around like my whole life, and I'd be 70, and people would say, can we see your permanent record? <laughs> you know, I thought that was a real thing. I was, I was such a gullible kid. But, you know, it, 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 it will unfold the way it unfolds, and don't put so much pressure on yourself, you know. Um, Sit down and do a mini. I am at peace, and let the future unfold before you. Exactly. I think times were I, – I was bullied, but times were different because we didn't have social media. You didn't yep. have to go back and listen about anybody talking about you that day. You moved on. You might heard it at school, but I didn't have to go and look at it on Facebook. But yep. it's just getting so tormented now. I can just imagine that my little ones got to grow up and be in this mess. But, but, you know, uh, good, happy news. Uh, if many of you didn't know, Dr. Groover is also the host of a national TV show that's actually based on her first book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. And it has been getting so much feedback and positive comments. And if you have not checked it out, you can do so by going to where do they need to go, Dr. Groover, to check this show out. Well, we're in post-production, so we're going to start airing soon. Um, we should start oh, airing really? early in 2015. It's going to be, and it's it's a whole, it's a it's not a brand new network. Um, it's a network that was around in the 90s and the 2000s, and they've restructured the network, and we're getting it back up and running. So it's going to be airing nationally. I'm really excited. Um, 
uh, I don't know when. <laughs> it's driving me crazy. It's like now, now, now. It's one of those things I can't control. <laughs> so I don't stress about it. I just, you know, because people keep asking, when's your show starting? I'm like, uh, you got me. Um, I did my part. I filmed it. I wrote it. I posted it. And now I have to wait. And waiting is not my strong suit. So, um, but I'm really excited about it. In the meantime, if you want to see, I've got some, I've got YouTube videos, which are actually really similar to what the show is going to be, um, on YouTube.com slash Dr. Kathy Groover. I've got a bunch of health tips there. I've got trapeze videos because those are fun. Go ahead and subscribe to that channel, and, and anything new that comes out will be popping up there as well. So, yeah. And I'm also, I'm so excited. I don't think that I, this existed when you and I first started conversing about doing the show, is I'm now offering um, personal health coaching where you get to Santa Barbara, that's all you have to pay for. You get here, you get three days with me, all the hotels, your meals. We'll be doing really, really intense coaching and goal setting and uh, food diaries, meditation, uh, hypnotherapy, massage, Reiki. We're going to be doing all sorts of things. So all that info is on my site as well. Oh, good. And you also have an instructional massage DVD, therapeutic massage at home, learn to rub people the right way. I like that. Instead of always rubbing me the wrong way, rub me the right way sometimes. I I, I love that tagline. Yeah, so all that's on my site, which is thealternativemedicinecabinet.com, and and I've got some new offerings. I've got an audio program about to come out and, you know, my stress book, and I just, there's a lot of free resources there. You know, to me, one of, one of, you know, you got to You're doing so much. You know, I'm trying, and that's why some, you know, finally, I, I did a radio show somewhere, and the host said, well, you know, what if these people don't have a Kathy Groover near them? How do they get you? And that's why I started the coaching program, because now you have me for three days. And one of my friends said, oh, it's like you're going to be their health BFF. And I said, I can be their health BFF. We'll call it that. That's fine. <laughs> so, you know, I want, I, there's no point in me learning all this stuff if I don't tell anybody about it and I don't teach them how to do it in their own lives. And that's so important to me. You know, I can read all the books and I can take all the programs, I can get all the letters behind my name, but if I'm not teaching people what to do with it, then what's the point of what I'm doing? You know, I don't need just a longer business card for more letters. I want to to teach people how to be healthier and inspire them to make changes and choices, and it seems like I'm succeeding at that, so I'm going to keep doing it until someone tells me to stop. <laughs> Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. And I was—I promise I was talking to um, one of my guests yesterday about her daughter because her daughter had passed at the age of 15 from bone cancer. And we were oh. talking about the fact that her daughter never gave up. She just kept going to the good Lord was ready for her. And that's how life's supposed to be. You don't give up until the good Lord ready for you. I think that's how life should be. You don't worry about all the negativity in your life because all of us got that. Stress and stress is the lead killer to me that can really take you out. But Dr. Yep. Groove, again back to you. You have done so much and it's it's very exciting talking to a woman who can delegate as much as you have. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I've worked you know, it's so funny, I've had because I look at my bio, and I've been on radio shows where they have literally from start to finish read my bio, and I finally get on the air, and I think, geez, do we have any time left for the interview? I mean, it's it's so long, um, which is great. I'm so proud of what I've done, and, you know, this year we're coming to right. the end of 2014, which is mind-blowing to me. You know, I ended up on a magazine cover this year, and I did dozens and dozens of radio and TV interviews. I was on TV on the morning show in Las Vegas, and... Um, ended up in Glamour Magazine and, you know, all these really great things. 
I ended up on a billboard in Times Square, you know, which was a childhood dream come true for me. And I got to spend great time with my husband and my cats and, um, you know, my massage practice is thriving. And I, I look at this year and I think, wow, it has been such a, again, privilege to be able to serve so many people the way I do. Because, again, that's the point of what I'm doing. And, you know, it's great to say, oh, I was in Glamour Magazine and I was in More Magazine and I was in, you know, it's great to have those credits. But the fact is that's just a broader audience that I can reach to actually teach them things. And when I had somebody say once to me, I almost kicked him out of my house. It was at our Christmas party and one of my friends had brought her new boyfriend and he said, so what do you do? And I said, oh, you know, I have this massage practice and I do public speaking. And I, you know, I said, I go around the country and I, I teach people about stress and nutrition. And he looks at me and he puts gets his face on. And he goes, oh, isn't that pretty ego-based? And I said, <laughs> what? And he goes, yeah, I mean, you must have a pretty big ego to think you're going to go, you know, talk to people. And I wanted to smack him. I'm like, first of all, you're in my house. Why are you disrespecting me? Give me my wine back. And I looked at him and I right. said, well, we all have an ego. And I'm thinking, clearly you do because you're kind of a jerk. And I said, it's not my ego that wants me to go out and talk to people. I have a message to share from everything I've learned, exactly. from everything I've experienced. And, you know, it can be ego to say, oh, I was in Glamour Magazine or, hey, I was on Lifetime Television. But it's more about, right. hey, I now have an audience that I can teach people. And I, I kind of put this guy in his place. I use some bad words, which I'll keep off your radio show. Um but it, it did make me think about that, you know, and I think we do have to know what our purpose is. And I've met people mm-hmm. who are purely ego-based. There's a personal trainer here in town who's got quite a name for herself, and she is pure ego. She's loud, and she's in your face, and she, she's got a hell of a following. I mean, it's like a cult. And on one hand, good right. for her, she's helping people be healthier. But on the other hand, what's your purpose in doing it that way? You know, so I try to – I try to – you know, I try to find that balance between I love getting attention and I love sharing my knowledge. So maybe that's what all. Right, that's a big, <laughs> I'm an right, only child. I'm an only child. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a difference. You're actually helping people. That's not an right. ego. I'm not. Oh, I'm better than you. I'm in your face. Oh, you don't know more uh-huh. than I do. I got my degree in this. No, that's not what you're doing. I'm yep. giving you my points, and I think that's why your books have become so popular because you're you're actually relating to people. And that's what uh, most of the time, as I tell most people, we want to relate to people when we read books. You want to feel like, hey, I'm talking to you personally. I know what you're going through. This is all about you and me, baby. I'm not giving you tips. Oh, this is what you should do. Let me see. You should do this and that. Okay, because I can read that all day, but I want to know how is this going to affect me? Are you in the same boat with me? I need to know we're on the same page. So I've... Dr. Gruber, I don't think it gets any better than that. Anybody who said that you have a big mm-hmm. ego, obviously they don't know you very well. But uh, I know. Well, clearly he didn't. I was going to say, Dr. Gruber, I love when people talk about me sometimes because that means I, you were thinking of me anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I made an impact because you're thinking about me now. Yeah, no, and it's funny you right. said it because when I, when I write, I share personal stories. And I share client anecdotes. And I'm the first one to say when I've done something stupid, um, or I call myself a doofus all the time, Um, you know, there are things that I've done wrong. I've gotten to where I am through failings and learning things and mistakes and whoopses and, you know, and I tell people that. You know, I am definitely not better than anybody else in that I still get stressed and I still swear at people on the freeway and I still occasionally flip them off. Not very much. Um, So I'm still 
perfecting all those techniques within myself. You know, we certainly never get to an end point in our own development and evolution. And I've had so many people, and this to me is the biggest compliment, they say when they read my book, it sounds as if I'm talking to them. They can hear my voice, which is fabulous. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to make. You know, anybody can stand up and say, blah, 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 blah. Right. I want it to be a conversation. I want it to be interactive. And my next book, which will be out hopefully in the beginning of 2015, I was... Okay. getting close to finishing it, is all about my journey and how you can be on the same journey and get on a path of healing. So that's what the whole book is, is my stories of how I learned what I know. Um, and it's such a fun book, I, I bought, and they just love it. So I'm so excited about it. But it's what you were just saying, it's me talking to you. Right. Well, we definitely, I love you for being on this show. We can't wait till your next book come out and definitely, when your show actually premieres, the alternative medicine cabinet. So please make sure you check out Dr. Kathy Groover, the um, the the alternative medicine cabinet dot com. Please go to that site so you can find out more information on her because it's definitely informative. Because a new year is coming in and we have to set some new goals. So Dr. Kathy Groover, thank you so much for coming on. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. Have a great new year too. You too. God bless. And my followers and my listeners, family, and friends, today's message, the truth of the day from my friend Mary Ellen is this. Appreciate your leadership abilities by taking on these opportunities as they present themselves. Choose to accept leadership either either in a project, at work, or at home. Appreciate the difficulties you face as you learn from these opportunities. You will consequently earn the respect of the people around you. Even take an active role in a larger group as through showing your ability, people will accept your authority without question. You will naturally and establish an atmosphere of togetherness and cooperation around you. Today, value your ability to share authority and leadership. Enjoy the day, everyone. Happy holidays to you. And I love you all. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.